Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. If you got a Bible, it's all right if you hold up your phone, as long as you have the Bible app on your phone. I want you to lift your Bible in the air, wave it like you just don't care. Say these words, say, this is my Bible. It is a deadly weapon against the powers of darkness. It is a mighty force for the kingdom of God. Heavenly Father, tonight, take the words from this book, plant them deep into the soil of my heart, and bring forth for your glory a mighty harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, one more time, give the Lord a great praise. Slap two or three people a high five and say, I hope he preaches good. Amen. Well, it is an honor to be at the campus that really, really actually makes it very, very difficult for me because I'm not meant to have a favorite. It's like I've got, you know, all these kids. You're not meant to have a favorite kid. But uh, Michael and Lisa are just two of the greatest humans on the planet. They're just fat, and they're three boys. Just stunning, stunning boys. Grady, Dylan. I mean, I would not want to play against Dylan on a soccer field. He is like a tank with speed. Like he is, he is a deadly weapon. And then cute little Noah Jurgen, who calls himself Pastor Noah Jurgen. I love that kid. And uh, they're just such a beautiful family. Um, they're just extraordinary. So I'm, it's an honor to be back here, and it's just, a, I couldn't be more proud of you guys. You guys are exceptional. I've got a really great word, and I'm going to try to uh, obey God and preach short so I can minister a little longer, okay? So help me tonight. So come with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter 1, verse 23. 1 Peter 1, verse 23. I, I said to Sydney, I said, just send the same notes that I used at Bayho. Uh, but I realized I've been at Bayho last night as well as Sunday. So I'm hoping she's got the right notes. So did First Peter 1.23 come up at all on the screen? It did? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Oh, oh thank you, Jesus. All right, here we go. So First Peter 1, verse 23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. One more time, let me read that again. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. The title of my message tonight is Incorruptible. Incorruptible. The Bible says there, Peter speaking, that that. If you've received Christ, that you've been born again. Born again is, you know, a term that kind of gets thrown around a little bit. And, and sadly, with a little bit of disparity, they're, they're, oh, you're one of those born again churches. Like it's a, a negative thing. But, but Jesus actually got a visit from a guy called Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Uh, he, was, he was one of the, he belonged to one of the most 
uh, strictest religious sects in Jesus' day. And he came to Jesus at night because he didn't want to kind of be seen by, by the others. But it's interesting, his dialogue. He comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher, rabbi. He says, we know that you are a teacher sent from God. Because nobody, nobody can do the miracles, the works that you do, unless God was with him. So Jesus was basically saying, hey, listen, I know the Pharisees give you a hard time because they're jealous and envious of you. I just need you to know that there's some of us that actually believe that you are the, the, the Christ, that you are sent from God. Jesus ignores all of that dialogue and just says to Nicodemus, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is like, what a weird response. And he's like, born again? Like, can a man go into his mother's womb and be born again? What are you saying? And Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can neither enter nor see the kingdom of God. Flesh gives birth to flesh. The spirit gives birth to the spirit. You have to be born of water and the spirit. The first time you were born, you were born into this world. You were born of water. You were in an amniotic sack of fluid in your mama's tummy. And when the waters broke, we knew your arrival was imminent. You were born of water, but you were born of water into the earth. You were born of water into the earth that is perishing. You, you were born into a world with a sinful nature. You were born into a fallen world. We think the world is beautiful, and it is. It is stunningly beautiful. But you need to understand about 4,700 years ago, God destroyed his entire garden with a flood and then hasn't pulled a weed since. He's just let it grow. And there are people that worship nature, and God in heaven is like, I can't, I haven't even pulled a weed, and they're worshiping it. You should have seen, if you would worship me, you'd get to see the new heaven and the new earth, which is even going to be better than the former one before I destroyed it with a flood. That's why you got to be born again. There's a saying, if you're born once, you'll die twice. But if you're born twice, you only die once. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. you got to be born again. You gotta, how do I get born again? I'm glad you asked. You receive Jesus Christ. When you receive at this church, we want you, the beginning, the beginning line is you receive Jesus Christ. You make him your Lord and you make him your Savior. At that moment, your sins are transferred from you. All your transgressions, all your violations, all the time you stole Visine and Panadol and bread. Is all being taken and nailed to the cross. Jesus paid for your sins. All your parking is all paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross. But not only that, he doesn't just forgive you of your past. He puts a brand new nature on the inside of you. You get born again. The first time you were born, you were born with a predominant leaning of Adam's nature. I've got four children. I never had to sit down with them and say, okay, kids, every Saturday at 9 a.m. we're going to gather. Mama, mama's going to make morning tea. But for the next two hours, I'm going to teach you some life lessons. The first one is we're going to learn how to lie. 
What's lying? That's a great question. Lying is, um, let's say you stole cookies, uh, and I say, hey, did you steal cookies? You say, no, I didn't, even though you got crumbs all over you. You say, I don't even know who stole them. I didn't steal. You, and that's called lying. Oh, we've never heard of that. Thank you, Daddy, for teaching us how to lie. All right, next week we're going to do a thing called stealing. What's stealing? Well, that means if something belongs to somebody else, when they're not looking, you take it. One of my sons was obsessed with, we call them blah blums, pacifiers. He, he would have one in each hand and sucking one in his mouth because he would go to Ashy's. Now I've given away who it is. He would go, to, he would go into Ashy's crib while Ashy was asleep. So Ash was the first of, he, he when after about four months, he never needed a pacifier because he never got the chance to because his brother would take it and he'd have one in each hand and one in his mouth and he'd just be walking around and we're like, did you steal Ashy's blah, blah? We go, you got three, you little tyke. You don't own three. I didn't have to teach my kids how to do wrong. The first time you're born, you're born with a sinful nature. That's why you got to be born again. When you are born, a, born again, it's an amazing thing. That's why, that's why religion is such a farce. Religion is, is a wickedness thing. You might say, oh, no, no, no. I can't believe you say that. Like I'm into Zen Buddhism and, and, I, and I meditate and like karma and peace and becoming one. With the cosmos. And, and while there may be some like noble traits or characteristics, it is insufficient to get you to heaven because it hasn't changed your nature. You have a nature that causes you towards sin and sin can't enter into eternities. But when you are born again, the Bible says there that you are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Now there's a brand new nature that actually has heaven has heaven's wiring, has heaven's location. It's like you now have a GPS that you're meant to go to heaven and you're meant to live like heaven here on earth. And I remember when I got born again, I went and did the same things that I did the week before. The week before I enjoyed it. Now I'm like, oh, why am I even doing this? Why do I feel so guilty? Why do I feel so bad? It's because I was born again. I had a brand new nature on the inside of me. The Bible says that you're not born again of corruptible, but of, uh, of incorruptible by the word of God. Did you see that? It says by the word or through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Through the word of God. That's why in this church, we will not compromise the word of God, dilute the word of God, water down the word of God. If the Bible says it, I didn't write it, so I don't get to edit it. But I do know that the author of that book is a life-giving. If he so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to hang on a cross to die for my sin. I'm telling you, anything in there that may be difficult to swallow or hard to accept, or maybe, oh man, I don't, it's good for, I know it's good for me because I know he is good. He is good all the time, and all the time he is good. I can trust him even when I don't understand. But this is what I've discovered. His word has power. Any area where you put His Word, it will overcome. Because the Word is incorruptible. The best thing you can do is take the Word of God and put it into any area that's corrupted in your life. If, if you've been stealing, take the Word of God and it'll transform your life so that you can have 
a, a legitimate business and be prospering and flourishing and providing for your beautiful bride and your beautiful family and, and have a vision of your future. What is that? That's a young man that received the Word of God. Now listen, if the Word of God didn't have any power, now the Word of God has, has power in two dimensions. The first time the Word of God has power is when it's spoken. However, the power is at its penultimate when it's received and believed. Or literally when you act on it. When you act on the Word of God, that's when the power in it is released. The Word of God is such a threat to the devil that in Matthew 13, the Bible says, these are those who receive the seed by the wayside. And because they don't understand the Word of God, Satan comes immediately to snatch what was sown. Well, if they didn't understand it, why bother snatching it? Because he knows that word, if it remains there, it is incorruptible and it overcomes corruptible. The incorruptible overcomes corruptible. All right, you're giving me that look of partly cloudy. Let me explain that. The Bible says that through one man, Adam, sin came into the world. And through sin, death came to all mankind. So through the first man, Adam, sin came into the world. And through sin, death. So the second Adam, or the last Adam, the Bible calls him, became a life-giving spirit. So Jesus is the Word of God. Death came to all men. So watch what Jesus does. Jesus, the Word, takes on human form and allows himself to be crucified so that he becomes deaded on a cross. They put the dead Jesus, they put the word crucified, they put the seed of heaven into death, into the ground. Death didn't swallow life. Death didn't swallow Jesus. Jesus is God, the divine, the incorruptible, the undefeatable. He is he, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, the death has been swallowed up in victory. I need you to understand the devil is a liar. Whatever addiction, whatever struggle, whatever habit, whatever battle you're facing, there's a spirit on the inside of you when you are born again. And there's a word from God that we're going to preach every Sunday and every Wednesday in this house to put this word on the inside of you. Because I'm telling you, if you ask me what is God's plan for my life, I would say it is incorruptible. Your dreams, your marriage, your family, your finances, your future, incorruptible. Somebody say amen. All right, I haven't got to point one yet. You guys are rascals. Stop your cheering. I'm getting carried away. All right. I love you. Thank you. Let me give you three quick thoughts. <laughs> you can do it. I love you. All right. Thought number one. Thought number one <clears throat> is what I call wisdom and pain. Wisdom and pain. Wisdom and pain. When, when, when Adam and Eve ignored God. Remember the devil comes in Genesis 3 and says to, to Adam, in fact, throw the scripture up there, Genesis 3, 17 and 19. When, 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 they, when, they, when they sinned, it was the devil come and he said, has God really said? <laughs> Ignore what God said. What would God know? Go your own way. Look at that tree. Doesn't that fruit look good? 
He doesn't want you to have it because he doesn't want you to have a full life experience. Oh, you need to walk on the wild side. You need to live over here in the avant-garde. Oh, God just wants you to live over here where it's gray, where it's beige and boring. Obviously, it's not gray, beige and boring. Don't look around. Don't look around. Eyes on me. Eyes on me. Yes, look at that. Look at what you can't have. Reach out and take what you can't have. Then you'll be living. The Bible says they didn't live after that death came into the world. So when Adam and Eve ignored the word, the Bible says that God had to evict them from the garden. Not only that, but God said to Adam, cursed be the ground for your sake. Cursed be the ground because of you. Out of the sweat of your brow, out of the toil, it will yield to you its increase. Thorns and thistles. Ow! It'll produce for you. See, if we ignore wisdom, wisdom, the Bible says, is the primary thing. The Bible says of all the things that you can desire, wealth, success, whatever, the Bible says nothing compares with her. She has no equal. She has no comparison. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the paramount thing. There's nothing you can desire that matches her. And then the Bible says this, that with wisdom come riches, honor, and life. If you're looking for riches, honor, and life, it's very simple. Just go after wisdom. Here's what God does. This is how good God is, Jesse. That, that, that in my life, every time I've ignored wisdom, every time the Bible says, and God's word is wisdom, and wisdom is God's word, every time I ignored wisdom, what wisdom was trying to teach me, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. Ah, pff, sure, death comes from sin. Sure, you, you're just old-fashioned, God. Why? Ah, that's a little bit outdated. Those laws are out. And so when I ignored wisdom, I, I walk over and guess who comes to meet me? Pain. God created you and I to feel pain. But don't worry, pain is not meant to be your companion in life. Wisdom is meant to be your companion. But God is so benevolent that if you ignore wisdom, wisdom has a WWF tag team partner called pain. Who gets in and... Now here's the beautiful thing about pain. Pain actually will sit with you if you listen to it and help you retrace your steps where you departed, where you ignored from wisdom. And pain is actually good. I've sat with pain many times and says, pain, I don't like you, but you're teaching me. I hope it's okay. I never want to see your sorry posterior again. I'm going to go back to, I'm going to make wisdom my friend. I don't want to hang out with you anymore because you hurt. And, 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 and pain is good with that. Pain doesn't want to be permanent. Now, here's the thing. If you go to downtown San Diego, there are people lying on, on cardboard boxes because when pain came to teach, they numbed him. The worst thing you can do to pain is numb it. My son just decided for whatever reason he would try, he would try his hand at being a stunt driver. He's worked the whole summer. The whole summer he's worked, he's saved $2,200. He's about to go back to college and then he decides for whatever reason he can drive at reckless speeds. And completely 
destroys two wheels on his car and all the suspension. The good news is it's only going to cost him $3,300 to fix it. He saved $2,200. And he's crying. He says, Dad, I don't know. I got carried away. I was with the guys. I was showing off. And, and I said, son, it's okay. I said, it's meant to hurt. But don't ever waste pain. I said, what you need to do is you need to let the sting of that pain bring a course correction in your life. You need to let the sting of that pain cause you to revalue the priorities. What was, was those few moments? Was it showing off? Was it driving a little bit reckless? You know, thank God you're okay. I'm, I, you know, I'd much rather repair a car than repair a boy. I'm, thank God you're okay, but retrace it. And he goes, Dad, Dad, I want you to know I'm not wasting this pain. I'm not wasting this moment. I'm, I'm going to make sure. I'm telling you, pain comes into your world to teach you. But its primary purpose is to say, hey, you need to get back to wisdom. If you go, if you make wisdom your companion, you'll never have to deal with me. I won't even turn up. If wisdom, but whenever you depart from wisdom, pain will turn up. You don't want pain. You want wisdom. You don't want pain. You want wisdom. Is this helping anybody? Number two is prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. The Bible says that you and I are born again, not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible and I love that problem I get up in the mirror and I'm like man when's this stuff gonna kick in I wish it took away completely the old Adamic nature but you and I still live in a fleshly body that until we got born again kind of got used to some cravings got used to some habits got used to some indulgences, and, and still, it still wants that stuff. Like, feed me. You're like, get back over here. What are you doing? You're in church. Feed me. Get back over here. Feed me. You're like, I'm not. It's like, what's wrong with this? Paul writes about it in Romans 7. He says, who will save me from this wretched man that I am? Thank God through Jesus Christ. So here's what I discovered in 2020. 2020 was a difficult year. No joke. <laughs> we all know that. Yeah, but. Uh, trying to navigate the church and all the campuses and everything through it. And uh, Leanne and I found that there was also out in Temecula a winery that also refused to shut down. And, uh, you know, was uh, telling the county they can read between the lines. And so we would go out there and... we. We were kind of simpatico with the, with the owners. They were like standing up. They had the American flag everywhere. And we would go out there. But then, then we actually found, we actually found that we were probably drinking about two to three bottles of wine a week. We actually found that with all the pressure and all the stress, we couldn't wait to get home and have a glass of wine. Glass, wine does have a, a rela relaxing effect to it. And I remember just one day, Leanne and I, we just said, hey, we've got to be very, very careful. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 6, 12. He says, all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, one translation, all things are permissible, but I'm not going to be brought under the power of any one thing. We, watch this. This is what I discovered. My flesh, things that would serve very, very quickly become your master. Things that you reach out and it brought 
comfort to you. I, I know people addicted to sleeping pills. It, it helped them sleep in the beginning, but now they can't. And now they're addicted to You reached out to, to just have it serve you. But as you reached out, your hand, it, and it wouldn't let go. And so it's very easy. Just understand your, your body, the body that you live in, this fleshly body, this fleshly tent, the Bible says. You've got to get rid of one day. The Bible says you're going to get rid of corruption and put on incorruption when Christ returns. So that tells me that the flesh is corrupted. Because it's corrupted, it is easily swayed and easily addicted. So how do we defeat it? Well, I just told you it's prayer and fast. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's fasting. Every time you fast, the, the power of fasting, when, when, when we fast, whenever you do a fast, you say to the flesh, hey, flesh. Let me explain something. You don't lead. No, 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 no. You can whine and cry. And the flesh, when you deny it, is like a three-year-old that wants candy in the checkout line. And when you don't give it to it, it lays on the floor. And you're all embarrassed going, oh, my gosh, this is awkward. I don't know whose kid that is. But it's, it's your flesh does the same thing. Don't judge your three-year-old. That's your flesh. But every time you fast, every time you fast, you say, let me tell you something, flesh. We are not flesh-led. We are spirit-led. The spirit man leads. The Bible says whoever sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You know, there was once a story about two dogs, and they were always fighting. And one, one of the dogs would run down to the fence, and this guy would, would pat it. And this one day he, he was walking past, and he sees the two dogs, and they're fighting. And he sees, he sees the one that he loves, and it's, it's kind of pinned by the other one. The other one got the teeth flaring. And, and, and the, 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 the farmer who owns the dogs, he's just kind of working in one of his fields. He says, hey, hey, your dogs are fighting. And he says, yeah, they do that all the time. He says, no, no, no. One of them's a bully. He's on top of the little one. He says, oh, yeah, that happens quite often. He says, is he going to get hurt? And he says, well, sometimes that one wins. Sometimes the other one wins. He says, well, how do you know which one's going to win? He says, oh, it's simple. Whichever one I feed the most. Feed the flesh or feed the spirit. You're the smartest people in all of East County on a Wednesday night. With crazy traffic on the 52 and the 67, I was on it, and the 125. With crazy traffic, you made the effort to get to the house of God. You got into worship. You got into praise. And now you're leaning into the Word of God because you're feeding your spirit. Man, I want you to know I serve notice on the devil. Every weapon formed against you shall not prosper. Breakthrough is yours. Breakthrough is yours. Breakthrough is yours. Prayer and fasting. I didn't even get into prayer, but i got to finish because the red numbers are up there. And I don't want red numbers. Number three, the last one, is responsibility and authority. Responsibility and authority. They're two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin. The devil wants to make you a victim. A victim is somebody that says, I'm not responsible, somebody else is. When you read the story in Genesis, which we always recommend... When God comes to Adam and says, what is this that you have done? Because he's you know, got fig leaves, he's sewed together. And they're already, already drying up at the edges, so it's kind of getting a little bit awkward. He's feeling drafts. It's... 
And God's like, did you, did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And Adam's response isn't, yeah, I did. I shouldn't have, but I did. No, Adam goes, the woman, the woman you gave me. Took of the fruit and gave it to me, and I ate. Oh, well, 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 well done there, Adam. Great way to throw her under the bus. Throw God. It was everybody else's fault but himself. What did Adam lose when he stopped taking responsibility? He lost authority. The gaining of authority is with the acceptance of responsibility. Watch this. The Bible says in Philippians 2, if we can throw the Philippians 2 scripture up there, God or Jesus didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. He was God. Even though he came in appearance as a man, he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. But the Bible says he, he submitted himself to death, not any kind of death, but the death of the cross. He died on a cross for your sin and my sin. And the Bible says because he did this, because he submitted himself to death, and yea, even the death of the cross, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above, above every, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why is that? Because Jesus died on the cross for sins. Oh, which sins did he commit? None. He didn't commit any sins. Well, who sins? My sin and your sin. But he wasn't responsible. Exactly. He came down from heaven and he said, Father, somebody's got to be responsible. Somebody's got to take the penalty. Somebody's got to atone. Somebody's got to clean up this mess. Father, put it all on me. He hung on a cross and died for sins that he never committed. They were your sin and my sin. But the Bible says because he accepted complete responsibility, the Bible says God has given him the highest authority. In fact, the Bible says that he has got complete authority because remember in Matthew 28, he said all authority, all is complete. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I want you to know because he accepted responsibility, he received authority. The devil is trying to create a victim class. As soon as you allow the devil to make you a victim, somebody abused you. Your father wasn't there for you. Hate your mother. Hate your father. They should have done this and they didn't. They, they did this to you and they shouldn't have. And he wants to get you there, not because he wants to help you, not because he cares about justice. When the devil comes whispering into your ear that you should hate, how could they have done that to you? I can't believe they did that. It's not because he cares about justice. He's an authority thief. He says to you, sit here in this beautiful chair. Isn't it? Isn't it? Sit down. Isn't that, oh, that's comfortable. What kind of chair is this? It's called a victim chair. A victim chair. No, no, just sit in it. From here you can judge people. You can spit venom at people. Oh, what are you walking away with? Oh, nothing. No, they look like keys. Don't even worry about it. You just stay in that chair. It'll be good. I'll, I'll send you alcohol and drugs and a whole bunch of other stuff just as long as you stay in that chair. And meanwhile, he's got the keys to authority. 
The day you say, Father, forgive them, they didn't know what they were doing. The day you accept responsibility. Dennis Prager had a nephew who for many, many years was struggling with a, a terrible addiction. And now for years he's been sober. And, and Dennis Prager said to him, tell me, tell me, how did you get sober? How did you get clean? He said, you've been in and out of rehab, but this time it stuck. He said, yeah. He says, I got free the day I stopped blaming my parents for my lot in life. In other words, interesting fact, as soon as I accepted responsibility for my life, authority came over my addiction. Authority came over my problem. God has offered His only begotten Son that whosoever receives Him will be born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. When they put Jesus in the ground, He overcame the curse. He overcame death. Death didn't overcome Him. He overcame because he, he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. When you are born again, you will go from victory to victory. You will go from conquest to conquest. You will go from conqueror to conqueror. In fact, the Bible says that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I want you to know tonight that is available. Any area of your life where the devil says, ha, I've got a hold here, you'll never be free. Just say, devil, act. Actually, I, I want to argue with you because I just heard a sermon in church called Incorruptible. And the Bible says that I've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Through the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It has no expiration day. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Stand to our feet. If you're here tonight and you're not born again, I want, I want you to receive Christ. You may say, well... I'm not sure about born again, but pastor, I want you to know I come to church every week and that makes me a Christian. I went to church every week after I got saved and I realized I needed to be born again to understand everything that was going on. After church, we would go to McDonald's. When I left church and went to McDonald's, I didn't all of a sudden become Ronald McDonald. I was still a Christian. But even though we went to McDonald's after church, somehow it's got nothing to do with going to church that makes you a Christian, just like going to McDonald's doesn't make you Ronald McDonald. You can put a skateboard in your garage. It's not going to be a car when you wake up in the morning. The Bible says you must be born again. How do I get born again? You receive Jesus. If you need to receive Jesus, I want you to give me a wave of your hand. God bless you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Lift it up high. I want to pray for people. Thank you through there. Thank you, darling. Thank you, sweetheart. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, young man. I see that hand. Anybody else? Glory to God. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, young lady over here on the front. Anybody else? I want to... I want to pray for people. Thank you all the way up the back. God bless you. I see your hand. So many hands have gone up. Is there one more? Is there one more? Your life's not right with God. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. I see your hand. Can I tell you, when you give your life to Christ, you have OMG. Oh, get a seatbelt. Strap yourself in. Because when you give your life to Christ, He will walk. He is. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The greatest life is the one that you give to Jesus. So those of you that raise your hands, I'm going to ask you to do something because there were so many of you. I want to pray for you. 
I'd love to pray for you and make it a powerful night as well as a personal night. So in just a moment, I'm actually going to jump down off this stage. I'm going to stand down here on the floor. And those of you that raised your hands, would you do something? Would you find the aisle nearest to you and come and meet me? I want to shake your hand and pray for you. If you brought someone that raised their hand, would you offer to walk with them? If, if you're sitting with someone who raised their hand or should have raised their hand, would you, would you bring them down? But those of you that raised your hands on the front and on the side, would you come and meet me here and let me pray for you? Come on, let's put our hands together as these people come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Can we put our hands together for these beautiful people? I'm so proud of you, sweetheart. So proud of you. All right. All right. So many people. So many people. I want you guys to say a prayer with me. I'm going to get everybody to say this prayer, okay? So let's do this. Heather, you are such a lovely young lady. You are. And you know what? I just heard God say, encourage Heather and tell Heather that I'm very, very proud of her because nearly her whole life... She's been running against the wind with rain in her face. People tricked you. People pretended that they cared for you and loved you. And then they stole from you. And the Lord would say, don't worry, don't worry, sweetie. This is what the Lord would say. He says, Heather, everything that was stolen, I'm going to give back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. You are my daughter. And God says, I know how to look after my princesses. You are Princess Heather. God is going to restore. I'm glad you got these girls as friends. They're good friends. You're going to have, you just joined the biggest family in the world. But you are a sweetheart. You are a wonderful young lady. God bless you, Heather. Can we put our hands together for beautiful Heather? What a, what a magnificent person. I'm so proud of you, Heather. Can we pray this prayer with these beautiful people? Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I want to thank you that you so love me that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, from heaven into the earth on a rescue mission to save my soul. Lord Jesus, thank you that when you died on the cross, you wiped away all my sin. I am forgiven. When you died on that cross, you broke the power of the devil so that tonight I am free. Every chain Every addiction, every bad habit is broken off my life. Tonight I am born again. I am a child of heaven. 
a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.